The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I had to wake up poor Brandon Marcus for this show. I don't think have we talked about the fact that you're on a totally whacked out schedule right now? I think we have. Um, I'm not sure how in depth we did, but basically, for those of you listening, my schedule now is 3:30 um, in the afternoon is when I actually go into work and I come back at midnight. So uh, it's not great. I, I don't love it, especially <laughs> when my fiance has to wake up at uh, seven to go to work. So I now have a routine where I now have to move my car at 8:30 when she leaves. And then I go back to sleep. So that's uh, that's kind of been my life the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, because you get home after. Is she already asleep when you get home? Probably. Oh, absolutely. She's yeah. been asleep for at least two hours. <laughs> so you got to park. So you park behind her because you can't get you can't do the rotation at night. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, and well, I wake up anyways. I mean, when her alarm goes off, I'm awake. I'm, I'm a morning person usually, and I usually don't nap. But this uh, apparently my body's like, yeah, go back to sleep, a hole. You're uh, you're ready to have a child. You guys, uh, you guys want to just pop one out? And you're you know already- what's funny about that is that I've told Alex, I've been like, you know that I'm fine when we have a kid because I can sleep and I can wake up at all different hours. You're screwed. Like she needs like <laughs> three or four snoozes, and it's just a nightmare. It's bad. She's in trouble. She's like, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm like, I hope you do. Yeah, it's not. Um- it's not simple. I'm a very weak-willed individual, as you know. I'm not actually sick this week, so, you know, l'chaim for that one. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Asher's first year of life was... It It almost drove me to insanity. I did a lot of screaming into pillows. It's There's there's like a... There's kind of a PTSD thing associated with it where the kid's not quite going back to sleep, so every time you hear a little noise, you think it's the yeah. child waking back up again. Uh, every family's got to have one person that can handle the weird middle of the night stuff and fortunately i'm married to a doctor so they she's done overnight call and uh she was more worried about me than the kid anything anyway uh brandon marcus dan Baspers, this is fantasy nba today there isn't a whole lot going on this week we have a couple of things to talk about so i figured well, why don't we just talk about ourselves for a couple of minutes at <laughs> bad bd marcus on twitter if you want to give him a follow i'm at dan Baspers. this is of course a Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. Our good buddies over at Hawaiian Isles powering the locomotive over here. Brand, we got to get you some of that stuff with your weird-ass schedule right now. Uh, but the news of the day, and I guess we'll just start with the, the not-so-quite-breaking news this morning, was that Kevin Durant opted out of his deal with the Warriors. This is not a surprise at all, particularly following the injury. Uh, I mean, there... What, what is there really to say about this? That if he had opted in, he would have had to worry about teams signing him after finishing rehab from a torn Achilles. Now he can sign a four- or five-year deal, and he has the security of knowing he's already going to make a ton of money when he comes back, even if he's, you know, 80% of Kevin Durant. This was very, this was very reasonable, right? Yeah, I think the biggest part of this news is that it means somebody is going to give him the max. Somebody out there has already assured him that they will give him the max. Because if they were not going to get a max offer from Brooklyn, New York, which we've thought all along they were going to anyways, um, give him that, then he would have opted in for that final year, taken the money, and then probably became a free agent next year. 
But this shows you that the Warriors, Nets, Knicks, someone out there um, does not care about the injury, and they're going to give him the most money. Yeah, and they, I mean, you kind of, you kind of knew, right? We're talking about the player that was, I guess you could say, arguably. I don't even know if people would argue uh, the single best scorer in the mm-hmm. NBA right now. Maybe you could argue James Harden. I, I don't. In, in any event, top two in terms of getting the ball into the bucket. So people are betting more on the Rudy Gay recovery than the, uh, you know, what what was Kobe Bryant when he tore his, like 42 already? Yeah, so, he was old. But Rudy Gay, did he have that much of a recovery? I, I'm still in the camp that I would not give him the max, KD, that is, um, unless you are the Knicks or someone like that that just has no hope right now and you just need to hope that he comes back and is 85% of what he was. Um, but damn, man, that's a tough injury to come back from. And imagine being so damn good at basketball that you can tear your Achilles before you become a free agent and still get the most amount of money possible. Uh, I can't imagine a situation where I hurt myself in any way. And actually, (laughs) actually someone's like, yeah, sure. We'll give you exactly what you were getting before. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a wild existence just to be that good at anything. Is there anything that you or I or anybody we know is that good at? Probably. No. No. I was I was pretty good at taking tests, you know, as I adjust my bifocals over here. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. Pretty big nerd. Have glasses on. Nerd. If, if you're the Nets, do you give him the max? Yes. Yeah. Is that because of the likelihood that that basically guarantees you've got Kyrie and even an 85% KD for, you know, three or four years together? Yeah, and I mean, if you're the Nets, you could easily go and try and build a team kind of like the Sixers did, where you have a bunch of really good pieces. Um, but then where does that leave you? I mean, it doesn't guarantee anything. The, the interesting part about this will really be um, when Kawhi figures his um, free agency out. Because if you're an East team, what Kawhi does kind of means a lot. And if he leaves and goes to the West then you would think there's going to be an arms race that would begin in the East because everyone would think they have a chance. Um, And obviously the 76ers are a team with Butler and Harris that you got to figure out what they're going to do. There are a lot of teams, the Celtics too now all of a sudden, we'll talk about it later, um, with possibly them getting Kemba. I mean, there's a lot of different things that are up in the air in the East. And you wonder when KD would actually sign because it would mean a lot for every other team. All right, so let's talk Kemba then. Let's go through these Eastern teams because there there are weird little there's little baby rumors associated with most of them. I think the Pacers are like the only team that doesn't have a a big rumor, and they were linked to uh, honestly, I already forgot who some like middle mid to upper guy that might come over in a, a sign and trade type of thing. But we'll we'll jump over them for now. Celtics. I know that there's. So I think everybody listens to this show and they're like, ah, oh, Dan, you're a Laker fan. I'm a very pragmatic human being when I want to be. Uh, for two years in a row, I've basically instructed everyone, don't put any Lakers on your fantasy team because you're just going to get crushed. And I think that's been pretty good advice. So hopefully that me and, and, and I'll preface the following statement by saying I'm actually really interested in the Celtics for my fantasy team this year. But from a reality standpoint, they're in hard spin mode right now. The Kyrie likely to leave and they get nothing. Al Horford likely to leave and they get nothing. Terry Rozier, who listen, you uh, on Twitter, you and, and others have made the the correct point that he's probably not a starting caliber point guard right now. 
But if he leaves, that's just another guy leaving where nothing comes back. This is a this is a bad offseason for Boston, almost regardless of what they do with their $30 million of salary cap space. Is Kemba the right guy for that? You know what's funny is I was just thinking about this as you went on uh, your little intro about the Celtics. There are some similarities with what the Clippers went through when they lost Blake, CP, and DJ, and you wondered, are they going to completely blow it up because they've got nobody there? But they got things for those guys, though. Right, right, right. And well, Celtics, they still have guys like Tatum, um, who you can build around, Jalen Brown. I mean, they have some pieces there. So you bring in a guy like Kemba, and they clearly want to stay competitive. I don't think Ainge is a team that will want to tank at all. And you need a guard. I mean, you and I were going back and forth about this a little bit on Twitter yesterday, that if Rozier leaves, and Rozier, if he leaves, who knows what will happen at the guard situation? Because Kyrie's gone. I mean, th- there's no chance he's coming back. That would be the biggest stunner we've seen in many years if he comes back to Boston. Then you need a guard. And Kemba's a guy that can be a dude for Boston. Uh, the question is, how will he be alongside someone like Tatum that needs to grow? Because Kemba's going to be the guy you want to go to late in games. And he obviously is a better chemistry guy, I believe, than Kyrie. But I think it makes sense for Boston if they want to continue to compete. I just don't know what else they're going to do with pieces around those guys. Yeah, I, I'm just I, – I get it. I, I, I'm struggling to see how – it makes sense on the Kemba side. Good fancy situation, by the way. Yeah, uh, I really right? do think that Kemba would have pretty good numbers in Boston. I think a lot of these guys are going to have good numbers this coming year. You're wiping out like <laughs> like 30% of the dudes on that team, maybe more. That yeah, no more touches. for no Kyrie. That's a lot of usage. That's a ton of usage. And when Rozier was playing, that he was a quick trigger guy off the bench, and Marcus Morris is probably gone, and Horford, who's a low-usage guy, is is likely gone there's a lot of fantasy juice available on that team. I just, I mean, wouldn't it, in my mind, I feel like it makes more sense to bring Rozier back and sign someone, anybody at all in the front court. There's there's no one. Their front court is completely empty now. They traded Aaron Baines also. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what they have. I mean, how big can you play Gordon Hayward? He can't be a four. Weren't they talking about also trying to get, I don't know, someone like Steven Adams or something like that, possibly trading for him. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I really do think that we're going to be surprised with a couple of the moves that happen because they're going to become sign-in trades. And we're going to think, all right, the team doesn't have cap room to sign a certain player, but there's going to be a sign-in trade that allows it to happen, such as Jimmy Butler, which we'll talk about, where Jimmy Butler could end up going to Houston because of a sign-in trade. Yeah, that maybe that's the next thing we move to here. Is there any the the Philly beat folks were claiming that this is a uh, quite a long shot? Uh, it seems like the one way where this works is if Jimmy Butler says, "Yes, Houston is my choice over these other places." Mm-hmm. Philly, this is your opportunity to get something for me, as opposed to him just going someplace for nothing. Uh, if Philadelphia now I have to pull up their contract situation because I don't know what they could I think if they if they do re-sign Tobias Harris then I think they'd be out of cap room to bring in new guys so this I'm would pretty be sure they can only in. sign one of them right so uh I think they could potentially sign both and just go way into the luxury tax but if one of them leaves then they can't sign other people because they don't have the ability to bring in 
guys that weren't on their team from the previous year. I well, think. I think if, if think if they do that, where they keep Harris and Butler, then they cannot keep Redick. Uh, I don't uh-huh. think that that would be so, a lot of money. Yeah, I, I do think that Redick will end up um, on the East Coast with a team like Brooklyn or something. If they end up getting um, Kyrie, uh, perhaps Redick. I mean, lives in Brooklyn. It j- just makes a lot of sense. Everyone's been talking about it for a while, and it just makes too much sense not to happen. The 76ers, by the way, uh, Ben Simmons still on his rookie deal at, at $8 million this coming year. Joel Embiid at 27. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, if they both were to come back, that's 35. I believe they dumped Jonathan Simmons or they're going to end it for like the $1 million guaranteed portion. They only have like <laughs> like 40-something million dollars on salary. So I, I think they can potentially sign both butler and harris and stay right around the salary cap well then uh, you got to figure out what you're gonna do with simmons right because that's one of those things where you're gonna have to pay him eventually if you want to keep him or you're gonna have to end up trading him right so so philly's in a tough spot i think this is a huge offseason for them because they have to figure out what they want to do in their future they can't just do all right let's pay these guys and figure it out next offseason you can't do that because you have two guys that are free agents in butler and in harris that you need to decide if you want them to be a part of your future and if you mess this up, it really could hurt you for the next five to ten years. Let's look at this now from the Houston side of things. Uh, these, I mean, I don't know who's putting out all of this stuff into the media. I, I, I probably should have thought more about it because usually you can figure out who has something to gain uh, when these stories start breaking. We're hearing that Chris Paul and James Harden are already are not getting along. Let me let me try to come up with the one player in the NBA. That could make this situation even more volatile. It just doesn't make sense at, at all. I mean, it really does not make sense. And then if you look back at the Clippers deal where they gave up Chris Paul and they got Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Pat Beverly, um, Sam Decker, one or two other guys, and a pick, what does Houston have to give? I, I really don't know what Houston has to give. Apart it would be Capella. From, it would uh, be Capella. Then what are they going to have down low? Nothing. Who's going to play center, Chris Paul? I honestly don't know at this point. To me, they're in to me they're in desperation mode because they gave this gigantic contract to Chris Paul, and they're sort of locked into it. And now they just have to kind of try stuff at this point. Can you imagine if they try and get Butler and that goes through, and they give up Capella, and then they sign a guy like Boogie Cousins? That would be the worst chemistry team that we've seen since last year's Lakers. <laughs> it just really would be so bad. That would be worse. I feel like the Lakers last year all got along because nobody cared. Yeah, that's yeah, possible. At least that. Well, I mean, not necessarily with the coaching staff or Magic, but, you know. Uh, the the other part of that is Jimmy Butler's not a great three-point shooter. So do you really want, if you're, I, I mean, I guess they do because this is out there now. Why is this the target? Of the two Philly guys, I feel like Houston would almost be better off with Tobias Harris. That's a really good point. Really, really good point. Jimmy Butler is very much a jump shooter, and Houston does not take jump shots. I mean, that, that's a really good point. I don't, underst- I, I don't fully understand it. I get the feeling that they're just like, all right, well, the hell with it. Uh, Capella got played off the floor in the playoffs anyway, so maybe we'll get a taker on him. If they do, Philly would then have to move him because Capella doesn't have a spot in Philadelphia. That's Joel Embiid's spot on the floor. So there's a lot that would go into that situation. But, again, you know, if, if Butler's like, I want to go to Houston, uh, Philly, don't you want to get something for me? I guess that's an outside shot. Although, 
again, I'm looking at these numbers here. If they give Tobias Harris 25 something, 25, 30 million dollars, they actually do still have room uh, to bring in someone that's not. P.J. Tucker or Eric Gordon or Clint Capella. I guess the reason you do that is if you really think you could move Capella for something uh, compelling. I was yeah. trying to think of another way have, to phrase you'd it. You'd have but. to get Eric Gordon that deal because Eric Gordon would have to fill the shoes of J.J. Redick. I think they would be pretty good like-for-like replacements. Um, that's obviously assuming Redick leaves. I, I really do think he'll end up in either Philly or Brooklyn. I don't think there are any other teams that are pretty much options at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would have to include Gordon, and Gordon's been around for a while. So, do you trust his health, and do you trust his age? Uh, I don't like this trade for Philly. I don't really like it for either of them. I don't like much. it for either team. Well, yeah. What's the point? I don't know if they're... I, again, I think the point is just to try something. I think you're you're throwing darts at this point. And Jimmy Butler is a good basketball player, and the, I guess that hope is like, well, you know what? We're all all of these guys are good, so we'll just sort of figure it out. We'll yeah, it seems like they're better players that uh, Houston could try and put with Chris Paul and James Harden. I agree. Uh, I just don't think they feel like they have an avenue to get any of those guys. They're yeah. they're trying to exploit a, a salary cap, a pending impending salary situation in Philly, and I don't know the the, 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 the fact the that the Philly beat writers don't think this is really going to take get any traction leads me to believe it, it probably won't get any traction especially now that it's just out there in the open like that type of stuff generally doesn't take shape it's just like oh houston wants to do a sign and trade for jimmy butler you very rarely two day or three days later see an, uh, a news break houston did get a sign and trade for jimmy butler she's like oh well contract discussions have uh, have gone quiet on that front yeah, and that's one of the teams in the East that you have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, we talked about Boston and what the hell they're going to do with Kemba. And then you look at Philly and you really have no idea what they're going to do with Harris and Butler um, and also Redick. And th- that's why I'm telling you, like, what which East team is going to blink first? Because there has to be one that blinks first. Because you have Boston, you have Philly, you have Toronto, Milwaukee with Chris Middleton, assuming he's going to come back at the max, which is going to be a lot of money for him. But like you said last week, the fact we haven't heard anything means that he's probably coming back at the yeah. max. Um, and then, like you said, Indiana. I mean, besides for those teams, and then plus Brooklyn, there are so many teams. Who the hell is going to make the first move? The word on this right now. Which the, move? Make, which move's done first? I have no idea. I don't have a clue. I think Kawhi. I think Kawhi's the first domino there. I don't think so, because apparently he's supposed to meet with the Clippers on July 2nd. And I doubt that nobody <laughs> signs before the 1st. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've got the moratorium starting on the 30th this year. It, exactly, so, at 9 o'clock at night. So maybe KD's the 1st, but that wasn't really one of our... His is not one that changes the land. I, it's, I guess it's Kyrie. I don't know why I eliminated that one. We already basically know where he's going. So he's yeah. probably the first domino. That's true. And one thing I heard on a different pod is... Would KD want to be the guy that goes and joins Kyrie, or he want it where Kyrie joins KD? I think they may end. Up, I think they're in Brooklyn regardless. You think both of them are going to go to Brooklyn? I do. Yeah, I, I'm. I've, I feel quickly off that. Uh, both of us have off the KD to New York. Yeah, the Knicks just look stupid these days. Sorry, Knicks fans. They're everything. They're going to miss out on everybody. I think they might miss it because uh, now we're hearing Nick's link to Julius Randle. This is basically what we talked about a couple weeks ago on the show, right? Oh, they're going like, to become the Lakers again. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I know. As a Laker fan, I'm looking at it like, yeah, you guys got to don't do it. 
I, I like Julius Randle just fine, but he's not going to turn you into a winning basketball team. He's he's a complimentary guy, and that's the Let's fact go that Russell and Randall and find out what would have happened if the Lakers kept them. Oh my God! Okay, so that's on my list as well. We've got some Lakers things to talk about. I was going to save it for last, and maybe I still will, just so that way we can rant and rave for as long as we want on that front. Uh, the D'Angelo Russell stuff that's Let's coming. Save up. for last. Yeah, save for last. Let's continue with the Eastern Conference. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for taking me back from the edge there. And that's uh, why you have a co-host. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I need I need somebody to keep me from losing my <laughs> mind. Um, the Bucks. There's another one you mentioned, Chris Middleton. The rumors now are that the Bucks are going to basically do everything they can to keep Middleton and Brooke Lopez, and probably can't afford to keep Malcolm Brogdon because it sounds like he may be fetching 18 to $20 million on the open market. That's a big number. That's bigger than I expected. Well, it makes sense given what we talked about last week with him and how good he could potentially be and how much he has already improved in his first couple of seasons numbers-wise. And sometimes, I mean, everyone wants to give fantasy people a hard time because, oh, fantasy people, they don't look at the actual, uh, they don't watch the actual game, blah, blah, blah. That's wrong. I mean, sometimes you need to look at the numbers. And when you see a guy like Brogdon who's putting together stats in every single category and you know he's good defensively, you know he can hit the three, you know he can play point, he's pretty versatile. As long as he stays healthy, that's a damn good ball player. Yeah. Oh, man. I wish I, I'm, I've got these weird pipe dreams and I know they're not coming through. I, I, don't, I don't know what team is going to make that, that massive offer. Um but it sounds like somebody's forgetting about teams. We're definitely forgetting about teams, by the way. There yeah, are going to be teams that we're not talking about that are not the top five or top six in the East or the West that are going to make these moves. I mean, it always happens where teams that are not competitive will make moves. Don't forget also, the Pelicans have a lot of money. They're going to sign somebody. The question is who? Um, that's a really good question. I hadn't even thought about them. You caught me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We got the Bucks. We got the Raptors. We got the Sixers. We got the Celtics. Pacers. Nets. Okay. Um, What's the Raptors by, do by the way if Kawhi goes to the Clippers? They're stuck because they got everybody on salary for one more year. Yeah, and then th- there you have nobody on salary. Yeah, this year. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Actually, they got everything ending at the same time. They would just have to be like a mid mid pack Eastern Conference playoff team. I don't see Masai doing that. I really do not see him doing that. He'd try to start the rebuild early, I think. Maybe. Uh, but, you know, we'll see how we'd see how that shakes out. Uh, every week I, I check up on your mental state. Do you think he's coming back to Toronto or do you think he's moving to the left coast? I've I actually he's heard a, in Toronto. You heard a Lakers rumor came up yesterday. That was so stupid, by the way. That was First weird. of all, they, they don't have the money. And second of all, there is no way in hell he goes to play with with uh, LeBron and AD and becomes the third option. No way in hell. Yeah, the Lakers always just get tossed into things to try to drive up the price on guys. Yeah, no way. It's, it's one of those things where I think he, he was put up there to maybe scare the Clippers. It's like the Clippers have been recruiting Kawhi for a full year. I mean, there, there's no way that they... I think the Clippers, by the way, are hoping that if he does stay in Toronto, he signs a one and one and not the max. Which I uh, think he would. I think if he stays Toronto, it would be a short-term deal. Do you? I do, yeah. I don't think he's that worried about his thigh thing. I think he can load manage for one year. Uh, and, and I think we mentioned it last week. He's two years away from the Mega Ultra Supermax, the 10-year Kevin Durant uh, price tag. So I think 
he'll probably just try to manage himself for the next one to two years and then go real big in 2021. So I, I don't think he's signing a long-term deal for the next two years. Okay. Uh, I hope you're right. I really hope you're right, because that would still give me a glimmer of hope that the Clippers can get him next offseason. Uncle Dennis needs to get that bag, man. Got to secure the bag. Yeah, uh, man. Okay, so we, I do think Toronto would do something. But yeah, I think he's going to stay. Uh, I, I'm starting to, I've been in that camp for a little while now, um, where I've been scared, and I've been kind of like a 50-50. I think it's more now 60-40 that he's going uh, to Toronto and staying in Toronto. But every single time Woj speaks, it makes it seem like he's going to the Clippers. I think, I mean, I hate to be this guy, but let me ask you what you think on this. Woj is linking a lot of people to the Clippers these days. Yeah, what happens if they miss out on these guys? That'd be a problem. Yeah, is this the Clippers putting this stuff out? How, I mean, why is there so? How are the Clippers linked to everybody? It's a good question. It's one. <laughs> it's going back to your theory of who's the one that's leaking it to Woj. Is it somebody in the Clippers camp, or is it an agent's camp, or is it somebody trying to leak to Woj to try to use the Clippers as the team that is leverage against another team? That's the question because yeah. you wonder are the Clippers actually going to get somebody? And I, I really don't believe any of this for now until the Clippers actually get somebody. I mean, you could hear their name all the time. They were in the KD sweepstakes. They were in the LeBron sweepstakes. They were there as the name. But when have they actually gotten somebody? That's the thing that worries me right now is that nobody has actually signed on the dotted line. And I really think we're going to lose Pat Pat Beverly too, which is weird because I was 95% sure he was going to come back about a month ago. And I don't know. I think there's a lot that's in flux right now with this team, which scares the hell out of me. Yeah, I love. you know how much I love Pat Beverly. Yeah, of course you do. Uh, someone's yeah, gonna go get him Dallas some money. Is a fit. Everyone talking about Dallas and how Pat Beverly in Dallas is a perfect fit. There's a lot of places where Pat Beverly is a perfect fit because he he's one of the rare guards in the league that can keep his man in front of him most of the time. Yeah, there's a ton of teams that could use a guy like that. I think the Lakers throw a decent number at him if they don't get a uh, a third superstar. I would think he's on their list with maybe like a Darren Collison at the point guard spot. That's who you want. That's not reasonable. That's not reasonable. We'll talk about it last. But when you have J.R. Smith, that's now coming into the conversation. <laughs> you know that clearly the Lakers are not going to make reasonable decisions and rational choices when J.R. Smith is an option. Is when he a clutch you- guy? I think he might be a clutch. I think that- this LeBron guy it doesn't matter if he's a clutch guy. He's a LeBron guy. I would not be surprised if Tristan Thompson somehow makes its way over to the Lakers at some point. Um. I'd actually be okay with that if he was going to play like 18, 18 <laughs> minutes of hustle off the bat. He's a really good offensive rebounder. You just Oh, you're rationalizing, but, and I love it. You're well, so screwed. Well, as soon as they start him, then it's all over. By the way, there's a picture that's kind of making its rounds um, around Twitter. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. Is it the one with Mello? No, it's got oh. a, a hashtag paid by Balmer, and it's Balmer in the middle, and he's got his arms around Stephen A. Stephen a. Smith to the right with a Clippers jersey. Roach was <laughs> left with a Clippers jersey. And underneath him is Broussard, Bayless, and Buker. All three of them in Clippers jersey as well. So this is this answers the question of where it's all coming from. Yeah, go to uh, if you're on Twitter, go to at LeBronto Kings, L E B R O N T O K I N G S. He's replied, I think, to somebody. You'll be able to see it somewhere on his Twitter. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Clippers. One more Clippers thing before we before we close out on some Lakers rants. Uh, Clay Thompson was linked to the Clippers yesterday, although it was basically like, if the Warriors don't offer me the Mega Max, 
then I will take a meeting with another team. I assume the Warriors are just going to offer him the max, right? Leverage again. That that's it goes right back to what we were just talking about. It's a he's going to go to the Clippers if you don't give him this amount of money. It seems like that's happening with every single free agent right now. All right, he's that not was going easy. to the Clippers, by the way. No. He, he's re-signing with Golden State. They yeah, love him. There. That's an easy one. Um, okay, we save this one to the end because it's uh, it's it's a silly time. Um, it's a circus. They're a circus again. Just when we thought they had it all figured out, they're a circus. Uh, this was Chris Haynes who reported that J.R. Smith at some point will probably be bought out and then sign uh, with the Lakers for a veteran's minimum. I, I mean, I, I think we're going to see a lot of this over the course of this year. I am petrified that uh, these guys are going to end up getting too many minutes. I am hopeful that they will not. I think that you're, I think that you're in the camp of, Dan, stop being so hopeful. Yeah, Dan, stop being so hopeful. J.R. Smith is going to start on opening night. Oh, please, no. It's going to happen. No, he's not going to be a Laker before the season starts. Really? Before it even begins? You never know. Oh, come why on. Would the, why would this be coming out now? It wouldn't be coming out as a buyout guy during the summer. We don't see those very often. Uh, this is going to be like, I'm trying to, the Lakers are just like rolling up into a, into a senior center and making some sort of meg, like mega mega drawn type thing where they're just putting a bunch of old dudes and sticking them onto a giant ball. Uh, they're, they're literally just doing, okay, so we got McGee, Rondo, Caldwell Pope last year. Who could we do this year that didn't make that squad? Oh, J.R. Smith. Great choice. Let's get J.R. Smith. Let's get Corver. I like Corver, by the way. But yeah, he's I'm okay as, with that one. He's not as good as he used to be, um, and that's a fact. Um, yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and get other guys. And again, this is a whole building around LeBron thing, and that usually doesn't work. As long as... And and I've said this on I've said it on the Lakers podcast, and I've just said it in conversations with friends as well. Th- this is the next like ten days is to me their last chance to prove whether they've started to get things organized. And I've seen a couple of positive signs: the fact that they've been making a a hard financial push for um, Adams up in Golden State, their defensive guru. That's a smart move. Somebody to actually round out a coaching staff. Uh, Little things like that that make it seem like maybe things are starting to cool off a little bit. But this is this is a critical juncture. And if it's just a whole bunch of veteran minimums and minima? Veterans minima, I guess is the right way to... to whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't uh, know what the plural is, but yeah. yeah, lots of minimums. And the other stuff is very much up in the air because, as you've said, as we've said, as everyone has said, people don't really know where the free agents are going yet. We've, we've heard the Max guys linked a bunch of different places. We haven't heard almost anything at all about the mid-tier guys because, hell, we can't get to them until the Max dudes decide where they're going. There are some very reasonable things the Lakers can try to do. If they're going for a Max guy, they obviously need someone at the point guard position. Uh, there's There's been Jimmy Butler rumors as well. I, I, I think that they're shying away from going big money on a big man which is a reasonable thing to do. These are those little things that I'm hearing that's making me think, okay, maybe the dysfunction's down from like a 10 to a 7. Can we, if you don't get the max guys, do you target the right other dudes, the Danny Green? That's Greens, the question. The, that's the big question. We heard Terrence Ross get thrown into the mix. That wouldn't be a terrible guy to target as, as kind of a shooting wing type. 
Danny Green, Darren Collison, Pat Beverly. These are the, if you want to spend half your max money on two different guys. But if this ends up being, you know, and everybody knows where I'm ending this this rant, if this ends up being all D'Angelo Russell money, I'm going to be very concerned. Because to me, the, the reasons for him coming back are like 90% nostalgia. And I think we've seen that nostalgia doesn't play Byron Scott. That's good. all. That was a good rant. I, Thank I you. enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, the D'Angelo Russell thing would be a F, we messed up. We shouldn't have traded him. He's actually good. Let's bring him back so that we don't feel bad when he does really well on another team. And then he goes and plays the Lakers, and it's like, F, he's actually not as good as we thought. Now we're screwed. Yeah, and that, I think, is almost definitely going to happen. So I, I always feel like I have to defend – I have to preface everything on D'Angelo Russell because the, the D'Angelo Russell conversation is an incredibly polarizing one for basketball fans. He did make significant strides this last season, but he's mm-hmm. also not the guy that the sort of the big box places – want you to believe he is he's not like a team leading all-star which is what he was framed as last year he's far better than he was the previous season but to me he's he should be it should be Lakers go for one of these bona fide superstars if they can't either cobble the money together or can't get the interest then you go for two very solid fit like good role players not just role players but like good ones and if that all doesn't work then you do the D'Angelo Russell thing. And I am petrified right now, Brandon, that that's not the order that they're putting it in. Yeah, I'm worried for you. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that. This is not going to go as planned because I think you definitely, you made the point earlier. I think you have to go point guard, shooting guard with that amount of money. Um, And I think you would only pay the max to, I think, Kemba, to Jimmy Butler, and... I don't think there are many more players I would give that money to in that situation. Yeah, I'd give it, I'd give it to Kyrie, too, if that's some but weird, that's weird situation. Yeah, but he's just on the list. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I don't think he and LeBron are as close as people say. And frankly, from the Lakers, I don't know if I would want to do that because it's easier to become friends when you're not playing on the same exact team. So then you wonder, okay, what do they do with that money? And that's where I think they might end up going because if – Kemba doesn't sign with them and Butler doesn't sign with them, which I don't think either will. Um, then, yeah, if, what do you do with that money? That's the question. And that's where I don't trust the Lakers because I'm not sure they have an idea of who they should get. At least we think that there are certain players that they should get, but I'm not sure they know um, exactly where they should go with that money. Yep, and this is where uh, this is where I, I've think that things are going to be made or break this is make made or broken uh can they figure out the right fits because last year it was a complete disaster it, it, is it going to turn out to be some magic on this one it was i mean I, I love magic he's the face of la he's you know the outward facing guy with this team or was and uh the more things settle after his departure the more it looks like he was the guy that was making some kind of goofball decisions for that team. And I I don't know if I hope... It's a weird thing to hope as a Laker fan. I hope that Magic was actually the problem. And that's a very strange thing to hope because, again, if you're an L.A. guy, you love Magic and, and you have for a bazillion years. And right now, you're actually hoping that he was the problem. 
Yeah, it's weird because if you would have told us a couple of years ago, hey, the Lakers are going to have LeBron and Anthony Davis going into the 2019 offseason, are they in good shape? You'd be like, hell, hell yeah, they are. <laughs> in great shape. They have AD and LeBron. But the thing is that the front office has been so incompetent that you don't trust them to figure out everybody around those two guys. Yeah, and that's that's a problem. And and they're like I said, they're starting to show signs, but there's uh, there's a long way left to go. You have a you have two guards in a guard driven league that you don't know who's going to play there. That's the thing. Point guard, shooting guard are two of the most important positions right now. And you have your Kuzma, LeBron, AD, small forward, power forward, center. The question is who's going to play point guard and shooting guard and those guys are important. Some may say, no, they're not important. They have LeBron and AD. Someone's got to bring the ball up, and someone's got to play defense on the perimeter because there are so many damn guys now that shoot the three ball that if you don't have somebody that's going to defend the three, you know, if somebody's going to hit threes, you're in trouble. Uh, the great Caruso is the answer to that question. The great mm -hmm. Alex Caruso is, is, is the simple answer to that question. Hard pass. Uh, anything else that broke? I don't think anything else broke while we were talking. Um, oh. someone did actually tweet at uh, that's, that's our guy Jackson. Uh, he says, "Please take Tristan Thompson too." This is this is in re this is in reply to the uh, J.R. Smith news from yesterday. I actually tweeted this while we were recording today. That's perfect timing, Jackson. Well done. Because uh, uh, that's what I said. Uh, I, now Tristan Thompson, I'm about ninety nine percent sure is a clutch sports guy. So. That one would not surprise me at all. I mean, if these guys are all coming in on veterans' minimums, I really don't care. It just comes down to whether or not... I am trusting right now that Frank Vogel is has enough of a head on his shoulders to decide how much these guys should play. Because he seems like, for all... You know, he's very milquetoast. There's, like, nothing to it. But he does seem like he's got a brain in that noggin. And so, well, whatever, anyway. People didn't sign up to listen to me rant and rave about the the, the Lakers. That's a different podcast. That's Hoopball Lakers with uh, my guy Ethan Noroff. From a fantasy standpoint, that's how we're going to close this thing out, Brandon. Uh, the Celtics were both sort of up on... Mm -hmm. And then the rest of this stuff is is kind of up in the air. I had a little bit of an argument yesterday with Neil about this Bazemore Evan Turner trade that happened. Uh, what the hell was that? Monday? I think that was Monday. Um, yeah. I actually like Bazemore in Portland, and he was not completely sold. Where do you fall on that one? Mm, Bazemore's meh. I also like numbers, and I think Evan Turner is still capable of putting up a triple double on any given night. Um, and he's a good ball player. Bazemore's fine. He's a good three and D guy. Um, he's nothing special though. But he will fit the culture well in Portland of just gritty guys that just work hard. So that makes a lot of sense. The only issue is is that you got to remember that Turner came off the bench and was a guy they used a lot in that second unit to kind of provide some scoring and passing. Bazemore doesn't do that. So then the question is, who's going to give it to you in the second unit? Because a lot of people are saying Seth Curry's gone too. So that's the thing. By the way, some of these free agents are going to re-sign with their teams. Everyone's putting them on different teams. Some of these free agents are going to re-sign. Um, it's just a matter of what teams like Portland decide to do. But now the question is, what does Portland do with their second unit? Because you need a second unit in the uh, regular season. Yeah, because they are now without Nurkic due to injury. Al Farouk Aminu uh, with his contract coming up. Evan Turner being traded, obviously, for, uh, for Kent Bazemore. And then if Seth Curry goes to try to make some more money elsewhere. That, that is a lot of little pieces coming off for Portland. They're going to have to figure that out a little bit. Uh, that, I think, will about do it for today. We're coming down the shoot here towards free agency live show taking place on Sunday at 2.30 in the afternoon. Hey, are you free? Can I throw you on that bad boy? Ooh, Sunday at 2.30.
think I might be around. All right. All right. We're loaded up with all the superstars here at Hoopball. Live show 2.30, a half an hour before the moratorium begins. We'll be breaking all the news uh, alongside, obviously, Woj and Shams. We'll break it down from the fantasy standpoint. That's what you guys come to us for. Uh, you can check it out. We've got, we'll have the links all over Twitter leading up to it. Uh, it'll likely be hosted on YouTube. He is Brandon Marcus. I'm Dan Basbris on Twitter. That's also my name. He is BD Marcus on Twitter. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tomorrow, Neil will get you set up. He and, uh, co-host to be determined, I believe. I think it might be Josh Millman. Adrian, a coach on Friday, everything, the countdown towards free agency. Have a lovely couple of days, everyone. I'll talk to you all on Sunday. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.